the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. With sports inching closer to a return, there's no better place to keep up with everything happening than The Athletic. Download the app, personalize your feed, you can keep up with the teams and the leagues that matter to you most. There's no ads, there's no clickbait, it's just good sports coverage, plenty of analytics, tons of podcasts. There's so much content every single morning. It's the first place I go when I wake up and open my phone. Visit theathletic.com slash track S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your first year subscription today. We are also supported by Dynasty Owner. Do you think you're smarter than NFL GMs? Are you the best at fantasy football? Here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the NFL front office. Build a roster of players using actual NFL contracts and salaries. Stay under the salary cap and compete for the chase for the ring. Tell them Track sent you and you'll get an extra bonus when you join the league today. Again, visit DynastyOwner.com. Good Monday morning. My name is Mike Giannetti. Going to talk a little NFL here quickly and then bring in Scott Allen on the Hip Raid hotline. Run through the NBA uh, postseason matchups from a betting standpoint, from a DFS standpoint, and just from a general watching standpoint. Talk a little bit about golf at the end of the show here. Uh, we've had a couple of youngsters really jump up the, uh, you know, the win totals. And certainly the, the, the earnings as well, the money rankings. We track spot tra- uh, spot track tracks PGA earnings as well. Every single week we update that as tournaments are closed. And we've got a list of the top five guys. It's a pretty polarizing list with a couple of uh, you know big names sitting right outside that top five. So we're going to get to a little bit of golf later with Scott. I want to talk about the NFL. I do have the, def- in the information on Miles Garrett's contract. Remember that one. Five years, $125 million with the Cleveland Browns. It's a big one. Three bonuses, $21 million signing bonus right now. He's going to make a little bit more than that in 2020 alone on a basically a minimum salary for his, uh, his rookie 24-year-old year here. He's going to pump that up another $43 million earned, okay? He'll have $43 million. He'll basically make $63 million over the first three seasons, all right? So it's at about $21 million a year for the first three. It's going to be about 80 over the first four, and that's it in terms of the stability of this contract. So he gets a little over $43 million guaranteed right now. You know, there might be some injury guarantees in there that slide it to 50 but from a fully guaranteed standpoint, it's basically the first two years of salary, that signing bonus, and there's a second-year option bonus, which is fully guaranteed as well. So good chunk of change over those first two seasons, fully guaranteed. And, uh, you know, by next March, all of 2022 locks in. So the salary locks in and then another option bonus. Another, It's basically another $19 million that kicks in for 2022 next March. So it's there's got some early guarantees, those guaranteed mechanisms that Mahomes brought us all into the equation with. Uh, like I said, $62 million over the first three, almost 80 over the first four. So that's 20 a year. That's, you know, that's Khalil Mack. It's lower than Khalil Mack in terms of the average annual so this isn't exactly a $25 million a year contract. There's some heavy backloading happening here, as is to be expected. Um, the good news is this. Because it's seven years in t- terms of total contract, right? He had two years on that on that rookie deal left with the fifth-year option, and then five new years on this extension. Because it's seven years, the Browns can just keep this thing rolling. I mean, you know, the cap jumps to nearly $30 million in 2023 and then over $32 million in 2024, but as I mentioned, 2023 is kind of the last locked-in year of this contract. It's a four-year, $80 million contract in essence, and then the Browns have an out. That 2024 salary 
does not guarantee until the third league day of 2024. So there's an early March out for the Cleveland Browns. Um, after that, there's nothing guaranteed. 2025 and 2026 have about $45 million. There's a couple of roster bonuses in there, but, but you know, 45 of the $125 million is built into the final two years of the season of this contract, 2025, 2026. If he plays it all the way through, he'll be 30 at the end of this. No one expects that to happen, though. So the Browns have a lot of flexibility in four years from now on Miles Garrett. And if you're telling me it's 44 for 80 and then there's some options after that, which is essentially what it looks like, it's a great deal for the Browns. Honestly, this, this young front office that's been put together, they've made deal after deal after deal. And uh, I like what I'm seeing. To me, the big question marks coming forward for the Browns will be Baker Mayfield. He's got a big year because he'll be extension eligible after 2020. And what do you do with those two running backs? you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kind of one year staggered in terms of contract needs. Do you pick one? Do you sign both to smaller contracts? You know, do you give, do you give Kareem Hunt something in the Austin Eckler range, like six and a half million a year, because he's going to be kind of your scat player who's going to catch some balls and, and have a couple of first down runs, and then Nick, Nick Chubb's going to be your more goal line presence, your touchdown getter, that kind of thing. I don't know how they're going to work this thing. Uh, I know they love having both those options this year. I just don't know how stable that's going to be from a football standpoint and a financial standpoint going forward because obviously Kareem Hunt's going to have to get paid after this season. But a couple of questions there for sure. Certainly the the Landry-Beckham Jr. situation, you know, those are high-paid players. If, if the Crow doesn't come home to roost for t- in 2020 for the Browns, and a lot of people say, you know, it should. It should have last year. It definitely should this year with, uh, you know, a new coach, uh, some experience now with this, with this core. I mean, the core really didn't change too much. Is there a trade out there? Are they going to bookend Miles Garrett and some somewhat of a role player in Olivia Vernon with Ngakwe? You know, are they going to make that big move out of Jacksonville and bring him in and just go nuts on this defensive line and make sure they have some sort of presence for Lamar Jackson, for, you know, Roethlisberger, who should be slowing down now, you're 16 or so. You know, we'll see. I think it's probably not a terrible move. You're bringing him, him in on a franchise tag at this point that he'd have to sign in order to trade. You could probably get Jacksonville to pay some of that franchise tag as part of the trade. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be giving up too big of a draft pick at this point. We're late in the game. We're training camps are live. Players are in pads. You know, we're cutting down to 53 and building some practice squads in really two weeks here. So this is, uh, this is the time to make those kind of moves when you can get some real value. We saw Dallas bring in Everson Griffin on a $6 million contract. Obviously, that's going to be value without even having to think about it. You know, even if he gives you a, a reserve role, you're paying him for reserve money. So I, those are the kind of moves we see this time of year. And there's really some kind of, there's ha- some players hanging out there. Logan Ryan, obviously Clowney's still sitting out there. These are, these are starters. These are game-changing starters right now that are sitting out there waiting for a team. So do, are the Browns going to get active in any of those names that I just mentioned? We shall see. They have some space to work with. This Garrett situation, you know, it's cap-friendly for the first three years. That's for darn sure. His cap hits this year are $10 million. Next year, it's 9.3. And in 2022, it'll be almost $13 million. That is COVID-friendly. That is Browns cap space-friendly. That's a team-friendly structure for the first three seasons. So uh, he did right by the Browns. The Browns did right by him. You know, they're basically guaranteeing him $100 million here without even trying. And uh, we'll see what happens after that. All right, let's, uh, let's talk some basketball talk a little bit about the baseball situation. And then, like I said, we'll towel it off at the end with some PGA golf talk, some money talk. 
Joined now on the Hip Parade Hotline, Scott Allen. Welcome back for our weekly Monday show, Scott. Have what was a good weekend. NBA postseason is here. What'd you watch this weekend? Uh, watched some baseball. Watched uh, the playing game. Watched Formula One. Watched NASCAR. <laughs> Any hockey? <laughs> Did you skip hockey? Uh, I, I caught it a little bit here and there, but to be honest, I haven't jumped into hockey. Yeah, you've all. got a local team too, the Caps. So that's, yeah, that's looks like they're news. about to be. It looks like they're about to be done too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough time to watch winter sports. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There is plenty going on. Baseball's hanging on by a thread here. We're going to stay away from that because honestly, what are your thoughts there quick? Is, th- is this thing going to happen? Is there going to be an MLB postseason? Mm. I, I know a lot of people have said no. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say s- there's going to be something. I mean, the fact that they've been able to get through the Marlins situation, they've gotten through the Cardinal situation. Uh, we of. haven't had a... <laughs> Sort of, right? The Reds are here now. Yeah, I I think I I think they get something. I do. Yeah, I think it's 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 so important financially speaking. I mean, it's just crucial financially. So I I do think they get there. They are talking bubble when we do get to the postseason. So that that seems to lend itself to a better situation for sure. Uh, It just seems like if you're the healthiest team, you're going to be standing at the end of the day, right? That's just, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, yeah, the injuries I, are, pil- yeah. I, I almost did an entire show today, Scott, on just baseball's injured list because every single day I'm putting four players on there of note, four notable pitchers hit or something, generally pitchers, but now we're starting to see some position players now pull up with hamstrings and quads and whatever thumbs getting hit by pitches. All that stuff's happening. Normal, normal stuff, but it's, it's just truncated. I mean, everything's slammed together here. And it's not just the injuries are piling up, but the recovery time is just not available. I mean, we're, we're more than a third way through this season. So I, I see these pitchers hit the, the, the IL. And, for, you know, if, good thing I'm not playing daily fantasy baseball right now. I, I probably should be, but it's got to be a train wreck. No, I, it's got to be I an have, absolute I, train wreck. Between, between daily fantasy and just regular fantasy, I mean, I've had a handful of guys go on the IL. You got to pick up guys and then it's guys yeah. that you don't necessarily know. I mean, they're pulling, I just saw that the, uh, what the number one draft pick from 2018 yeah. Mize, he he's being pulled up to, yeah. to play. So, I mean, that is it is cool, what it is. That's a good point. That's actually a really cool thing. You know, the Phillies pulled up their top prospect. The, the blue Jays pulled up Pearson, their top prospect right now. We're, we're, that's, we've talked about that before, about how the, the, the baseball draft happens and these guys are ghosts for five years. This little expedited season with this 60-man, you know, 30 and 30 uh, split camp squad, th- those kind of guys are being forced into the conversation. And for many reasons, they're being forced onto the active rosters too. That's, that's been a kind of a, I guess, a bittersweet part of this, right? I mean, it's been kind of a train wreck otherwise, but seeing some of these these young kids produce. I mean, this Alex Bohm kid from the Phillies, I just watched a whole series against the Mets with him. He's, he's a gigantic third baseman. I mean, this is a legitimate superstar prospect. So neat to see that kind of stuff. I, I know there's a bunch of pitchers around the league now who have finally got to the, the majors mound. I don't think this happens in a normal 2020. So I guess it's kind of a nice trade-off. Yeah, it is. I, even the nationals down here, there was a kid, last name Garcia, he got his first hit. And I don't know if you saw the video of his family cheering for, but I mean, it's great to see 
those kind of prospects get a chance. Not that it's good that, you know, your superstars are getting injured, but the fact that you're getting to see some of these young kids have a chance and and make a name for themselves because, you know, that opportunity presents itself. You have to take it. And some of them are. I mean, we talk about like the sixth and seventh men in the NBA benches and how important they are, especially this time of year. <laughs> now it's like the 35th and 36th guys on the on the baseball rosters. And if you're the Marlins, the 50th and the 55th player, you know, the, the Marlins are a completely rebuilt team. They're the, the number one seed in the NL East right now. So I know. And uh, and and yes, it's fluky because they miss so much time, but they're also winning games. No one ever thought they should be winning. So are the Orioles. And I'm going to eat crow. Nope. I, put, I put out a sarcastic tweet five minutes into the baseball season when the Orioles were down like 11 nothing in the second inning saying, are they eliminated yet? They're in the playoffs right now. <laughs> I mean, the, the Red Sox are way out and, and the Baltimore Orioles are in the playoffs right now. So, you know, a lot of really smart people kind of expected this, that this was going to be as abnormal a year as we've ever had. You know, your your predictions and your expectations are going to be completely thrown out the window because, you know, every Sunday it could be a brand new roster out there. And for some teams it has been. So it's been, I mean, if you're a daily follower like you and I are, and a couple of the people we know, you know, the conversations I'm having about baseball, they're completely unique, but they're also pretty interesting. I mean, we're not talking they just are. about, you know, you know, who's going to win the Cy Young. That's kind of thrown out the window right now. There's so much daily change that you really can't turn away. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the mentality of, oh, I have a marathon to get a player here back or, or that that's thrown out the window. And we've talked about that, you know, le- 60 games or less for some yeah. of these teams. And, you know, it, it's a completely different mindset. Your pitching is different. You don't you may want to have them go as far as they can, but because of certain stipulations you want to preserve arms you're not going to go as deep you're seeing different players in there that you may not have thought is going to produce but they are producing and then you know like you said the marlins and the orioles they're in the hunt right now and that that throws in a caveat of or a situation where that trade deadline where you thought oh, the Marlins not and even the talk about it. were going to be selling. I don't even know how to you know, analyze that trade deadline. Why would you even take a risk, honestly? But what if the season shuts down a week later? You know right. what I mean? We, we were sitting here slamming the Dodgers for taking Mookie Betts, you know, pre-contract because we thought there wasn't going to be a season. And what did they just give up for basically the rights to sign Mookie Betts and nothing more? So I, I don't know how that deadline is going to work. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's August 31st. So we've got to probably another week before we hop on, on a show and talk about that. I, you might see some smaller stuff, but I don't know. You're going to have to c- convince me that some of these big trades might happen, but you're right. It's part of the conversation. I, I'll finish on this. I'm just glad that I don't have to watch the Mets in Philadelphia and watch that freaking fanatic try to high five corrugated plastic cutouts for the rest of my, my life here because <laughs> I mean, good grief. Enough is enough on that. Let's talk some basketball. It's postseason time. Right. It was a hell of a little bubble run that, that you know, that those eight games we kind of made fun of. Why are they doing it? It's just for money. Well, we just had a conversation about baseball, about how the truncated season with with really no ramp up has a third of the league on the IL right now. It's a fact. All right. And anybody who's pushing for a, a shorter baseball season, you better be you better be building in plenty of off days because we, this is living proof that that does not work. You can't just slam 60 games into 70 days and hope it works out. It's not working. Okay. It's no, nope. we're watching baseball on TV and they're making some money off it. But from a player perspective, these guys are getting pushed to the limits and there are muscles popping left and right. So I, I, I'm 
I'm happy basketball took the approach they did. Obviously, we've talked about how, how the Disney bubble is working so well. And this little run up, this little, I mean, look, the plane was so fascinating. The Portland Trailblazers kind of ruled the day the last week and a half here, you know, giving everybody really something to hang on to and talk about. Carmelo making that shot to kind of put him in was, I mean, you can't write that script. That's just, this is a guy who basically was signed for financial purposes by two teams, not to play basketball, just come over. We're going to take your salary off somebody's hands because it's going to work out for us in the long run. And now he's, you know, he's snuck into a playoff game now against the Lakers. And he's a big part of a team that, you know, many are, are picking, honestly, quite frankly. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I, I mean, any thoughts on on the run up to this postseason for the NBA? No, that, that eight games, I mean, was probably the right amount of games to have to get the rust off and you know even at the end here we saw starters being benched but yeah. that, that that would have happened in the regular season anyways even more so so yeah so i i think the matchups we got some really good matchups here in the first round uh that are are going to be compelling and whether you know you've got guys that are there or not um so we can dive in here yeah uh, let's start here scott because i know you got a better handle on this than i do this is kind of your baby um we just talked about all those baseball injuries are there legitimate basketball injuries that are going to play into you know the the actual series maybe your daily fantasy roster or things like that i want to i want to touch on kind of all those points today i know westbrook's the big one and he's a big question mark for this entire series uh, and it didn't sound great, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, didn't. and Oh, by the way, we all lose on that one because this is OKC Houston. We can start here. This is the one we wanted. We got it. We got Chris Paul against his old team who basically kicked him to the curb. We got Westbrook and Harden against their old team where they uh, had so many great memories with Durant, you know, having Westbrook on the sidelines just sucks for all of us, certainly for him and the Rockets as well. It, it, I mean, I'm looking at the odds right now. Let's just talk about it. OKC's favored. Yeah, they OKC's are. OKC's favored. So I don't even I don't even need to give my opinion because Vegas has already chimed in with their opinion. That's how much Russell Westbrook means to the Houston Rockets right now, right? Yeah, it would be interesting to see what that line would be if he was healthy. If it would be flip flopped, or they the Thunder would still be the the favorite there. Um, That's giving Chris Paul a hell of a lot of credit. Is what that it is. is. I mean, I know it those is. kids can play. I know Gallinari can shoot the ball. I know I know Shea Gilgis is a hell of a player, but and Stephen Adams is an X factor. And I guess that's the point you probably want to bring up here, right? Because we're going to talk about these matchups a little bit. It's big man versus a team that decided to trade away all their big men, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they don't have any big men on the on the Houston team, and then you've got Adams that's down low, and he's going to pretty much take over there. He's the literal but, Goliath. I mean, he's this big Australian mon- Australian monster who can also shoot a jump shot. I mean, he yeah. I mean, and he should be the complete Oklahoma, X factor. And this Oklahoma City team was a team that no one thought anything of at the beginning of the season. They sort of wrote them off saying, all right, who, who are they going to move next? Yeah, we were we were all is, talking is about Adams, where they were going to flip Chris Paul at that point, right? Yeah. Flip Chris Paul. Where's Adams going to get traded to? Uh, Gallinari was on the trade block at the trade deadline. Everyone thought he was going to get moved. So this was a team that a lot of people didn't think was even going to make the playoffs potentially, and they were just going to fire sale and take the assets that they've accumulated and – go from there but they've been proving teams wrong chris paul has a resurgence here and showing that he can be the guy uh, the the focal point with even young kids around him and 
So this this matchup here is going to be it's going to be interesting. I, I think this could go seven games depending on you know when if Westbrook comes in at the tail end, depending on you know what the medical professionals say. Yeah, I mean, they're saying a couple of games with some optimism about late in the series, but you know how that goes. I mean, we've seen it before. So especially if Houston has a couple of wins under the belt, they're going to keep him out for sure. Do you know who would be next for OKC? I don't know if you have the bracket in front of you there. Uh, I do not. I can pull it up real quick. Uh, Yeah, it looks like it would be the winner of the Lakers Portland series. Goodness. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, I don't, I don't want it, to... It's worth recapping this because you mentioned the assets that OKC has. So let's say they get through one round, which seems possible. I mean, obviously they're favored. And then they, they, are, they have the Lakers in front of them after that. This is what they still have. Okay. <laughs> they had two... They have two first rounders in 2020. When is that draft? October something, right? Mid-October? Basically immediately after the season, right? It's like five days after the season right. ends. So yeah, they, they've, like got, they've got to late October. They've got their own in Denver's first this year. They've got their own in Miami's first next year. They've got their own in the Clippers first in twenty two. They've got their own in Miami's in twenty three. They've got their own in the Clippers in twenty four and Houston. They've got three in twenty four. They've got their own in twenty five. They've got their own the Clippers and Houston's in twenty twenty six. Those are all first round picks. I, I, that's just ridiculous. No wonder, they, no wonder they didn't flip Chris Paul. I mean, unless you're, you're bringing back, you know, two veteran players, legitimate basketball starters, you don't need picks. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't even need the picks. Just keep the guy, right? Right. Especially if he's playing at that high caliber. And you have uh, Dennis Schroeder that yeah. they traded for from Atlanta yeah. who can fill in when he's not on the court. So, I mean, th- th- they do have a pretty decent depth. And, you know, um, they have some players that you may not have heard of. Dort, he filled in at the yeah. end here. and But he was a two-way player. He was one of those two-way players who was getting a chance. They signed him um, to a rest-of-season contract right before uh, all the bubble happened. And so they've got him. You've got Nerlens Noel. I mean, you, got, you have guys that have experience and have um, – that can fill in when needed to. So it's, I think they have a chance to get past uh, Houston here. And then, man, that second round, depending if it's Lakers or or the trailblazers, who it matters. It it does. It matters because those are two very different teams. And whoever comes out of that is going to have a very different matchup for this, for for the winner of this series, because if it's the Lakers, I don't give Houston a chance. I don't give Houston a chance against LeBron and Anthony Davis with that size mm-hmm. and JaVale McGee, and you can keep going down the list. They're big. They're huge. But if it's Portland, that's a heck of a matchup from a, from a size slash style standpoint. Either of these teams, quite frankly. I mean, either of these teams kind of match up nicely with Portland, but I, I think the Lakers, Lakers are begging for the winner of this series. So Vegas says, OKC, I'm not going to go too long on this. You know, you can, you can find the odds here. Is this Houston? First of all, we talked about last week how the NBA definitely wants seven game series. This feels like a seven, right? Yeah, this is going six or seven. I would say I, I, I would go with Oklahoma City. I think I put my money on Houston, especially as dogs. I think I take Houston here and just hope that you know their shooting wins out. It, it has in the past in the first round, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Harden here. 
you know, Eric Gordon can show up at times. He's going to have to certainly, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. But you're right. There's, it's completely understandable why OKC is favored from Vegas here. What's next in your list? I'm going to stay in, uh, stay I, in I the West I, probably, right? Uh, I, I was actually going to go to the East, Miami and Indiana. I think that's a fascinating series right there. Okay. Um, and the odds are saying that it's pretty close here as well. Uh, just like Oklahoma City and the uh, Houston series, but th- this is a te- these are two teams that you know it's going to go six or seven. I-, I really think so. Okay. Miami's got Miami's got Butler. Uh, they've got Dragic. They've got a lot of uh, young players that have started to really come into their own with uh, Duncan Robinson and um, the, the, and then the Indiana yeah, Pacers. Tyler Hill, yeah. Tyler Hero and, and the Pacers. I mean, th- they're going to give Miami a run for their money. Uh, we've seen we talked about T.J. Warren the other day, and then you've got Brogdon and you've got Miles Turner and uh, uh, Oladipo yep. who came off that injury. So you've got um, and, and their bench is deep too. They have guys that can fill in just as much as Miami does. So I think that is a series that could go uh, six or seven as well. Uh, but I think in this one, I, I might put my money on the Pacers on this one. All right. There's your underdog pick. All right. I like it. All right. Speaking of Miami, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this story into the conversation because this is a money show. This is a sports money show, and there are some serious sports money transactions happening in the bubble. Many of you have probably seen this story. Jimmy Butler is pissed off with the quality of coffee in Disney, right? I don't know. What is it? Keurig's? What do, you, what do you think it's down there? Are they delivering coffee in the morning, right? There's probably room service being delivered every morning. Yeah. Well, yeah, most likely. he's not happy. Many of the Miami Heat players are not happy with the level of coffee. I can, I can relate to this. I understand this. I, I feel their pain. Uh, you know, I overpay for coffee often. Well, Apparently he, he's a, he's a bit of a barista himself. So I don't know if he brought equipment in. I don't know if he's just doing like pour overs with some simple stuff, but he has a sign outside of his door, like a, a dry erase board outside of his door with options. And he will make you the Miami heat players staff, whatever, a cup of coffee. He's offering a small, medium and a large every size. Even if you get a small $20 a cup, <laughs> no IOUs. <laughs> he's taking cash only. This is all in the sign. He's got like nine different options here. So he will make you. It's called Big Face Coffee. He named it Big Face Coffee, $20 a cup, whatever size you pick. So I, I mean, we're gawking at the price here, right? I mean, the price is crazy. So I did a quick analysis. The average American salary in 2019 was $48,000, right? That's the median essentially. So we pay what? An average $3 a cup of coffee. So that's like 0.006% of our annual income per cup of coffee. So $20 per cup of coffee for the average NBA player who makes $7.7 million. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is only charging 0.0002% of their, <laughs> their annual income. So I feel like it should be charging like 40, 45 per cup. If, if he's doing yeah, his really. math, right? I mean, he ca- call me, Jimmy, I'll help you out with this. You're getting boned on every cup of coffee, man. But it's a heck of a story. They're, they're, they're obviously filling some time. You know, there's gotta be a lot of sitting around and uh, this is probably a pretty strong camaraderie builder, right? To, to be the guy, the superstar making a ton of money on that team. You just mentioned some of those younger kids. This has got to be going over pretty well, right? To have your superstar making coffee for people. 
you know, you know, maybe he's donating that money. I don't know if the guy making $35 million a year really needs $20 per cup of coffee, but it's a heck of a story anyway. So I wanted to get that in there. All right. You're taking Indiana as an upset. I'm going to stay with my, actually no Indiana's the favorite here, right? No, this is another, no, this Miami. is another higher seed underdog, man. Vegas, yeah. Vegas wants your bets so bad in this. They are just teasing. They're dangling the carrot out in front of us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the favorites Miami on this one for sure. All right. What's next? Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go Philadelphia, Boston. Yuck. What do you think? I picked Boston to go to the finals, so I'm not going to waver on that, especially without Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, I did. think, I, I think coaching matters in this time of year. And I, I certainly like the Boston coach more than the Philadelphia coach. I think Brett Brown's on his last leg. I think a first round exit here pretty much. Put, I don't think he gets back on the plane even with the team. I think he's flying commercial home at that point. Uh, you know, Philly's got some nice players. I like the Richardson shake Milton situation. Uh, we'll see if L Horford decides to actually put a Philadelphia 76ers jersey on and show up to the team at this time of year. But he's <laughs> been a, he's been a ghost for the most of the regular season. I, I just think, you know, in a normal in a normal situation with healthy rosters, this is a heck of a matchup. Truly, because I don't think Kemba's healthy. So, you, you know, whatever boost that Boston thought they were going to get from him to start the year, they really haven't. He's been injured often. And there's some concern that he's got some sort of chronic injury that really isn't going to, he isn't really going to recover from. So, you know, there might be some contractual situations to talk about with that going forward. But I, I imagine you agree. No, I do agree. Yeah, I do. Um, I think. Philadelphia not having Simmons is an issue. Um, we've talked about their chemistry as it is, you know, they're not very good away from their own home arena. So in a series that there's much more on the line than the eight game uh, bubble games, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to put my money on them winning the series. And I, do you think Brown even makes it out unless he no. is in the finals? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Do you think I, it's I, finals or bust for him? You, you know, maybe before the Simmons injury, I say that, but now he's got a perfectly, perfectly good excuse, right? I mean, he's got something to hang his, hang his head on. I didn't have my most dynamic player on the court, so I couldn't, you know, we couldn't get as far as we wanted to. We'll be back next season to try again. I, I don't, if I have to be honest with you, all right, I'll, I'll be fair. They have to win the whole thing for him to even have a chance to come back. They got to win the whole damn thing because uh, to me, it's already run its course no matter where they end up, unless they're holding up the ch- the trophy at the end of the year, which, you know, actually, I mean, we've seen coaches lose their job after that too. I mean, this, but to me, that's, that's as far as it's got to go here. Uh, yeah, I, Boston I, I might, would agree with that. It might take Boston a couple of games to get going, but look at it's going to be Toronto next for this matchup. Uh, if I'm Boston, I am sitting Jason Tatum down and saying it's time for you to be a grown up, <laughs> right? It's time for you to be well, a superstar yeah. right now. Figure it out with, with Philadelphia right now and dominate this series because we got a big one coming after this that we're going to need you to be at your at your echelon for. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because when we're going to talk about some daily fantasy and some other stuff here, go ahead. Mix one it of the in questions, here, yeah. well, what one of the questions I had for Tatum was which Tatum shows up because he has been up. When he's up, he's up, but when he is, yeah, he's down, streaky. He's streaky, but he generally is. speaking, his post seasons have been excellent. This is the this they is the time been. of year where he rises to the occasion. So look, that's what I mean. You should have a bit of an easier matchup here with Phil with a defeated Philly. 
go out there and dominate. I mean, you know, obviously cover your minutes a little bit, and they've got some depth to do that in Boston, but this guy should be taking games over, and this is the perfect series to set that up. So, all right, what's next? Want to stay in the East here, kind of finish them off? Let's just go, yeah, let's go Toronto and Brooklyn because that's probably going to be an easy one to uh, get through here. I mean, I, I give Brooklyn a lot of credit for being here in the first place. I mean, that team lost I, I everybody. They did. And we talked about that the other day um, with they're essentially playing with a lot of just guys off the street. Uh, but I, I think Toronto sweeps them in four and they move on and, you know, slug, slug it out with most likely uh, Boston here. Yeah. Um, but I, for, for Brooklyn, this is just another way for them to get player development evaluate those players from the front office side and get playoff experience under their belt. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm going to agree with it. I don't have any problem with Toronto in this first round. I don't even think it's worth talking about Milwaukee either. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wavering on them from a, a championship standpoint a little bit, but certainly not against Orlando. I realize Orlando is the home team, but that doesn't mean a darn thing right now. <laughs> I mean, they're a, uh, it took them a lot to get here. Uh, it's awesome that they're here, but Quite frankly, before the season, I liked them better than an eight seed. I think they took too many ups and downs. The uh, there was some inconsistency for sure, and I. But I think bringing back the players that they brought back, and there was some question about whether they would at all. I think they were a six seed probably head into the season for me. So this is a bit of a disappointment, and I don't think there's a chance in hell against my, Milwaukee for them. S- same mode as Brooklyn, playoff experience, development. Try some things that you may not have necessarily tried before against a powerhouse of a team. Um, it, it's just a, a reason for them to to get that experience and see the, where they can go. The difference, from there. Scott, is Orlando doesn't come back next season with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving available to them. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> That's a good I mean, Brooklyn's kind of going through whatever they can get through at this point because they know their team's going to be completely different next season. Completely different. I mean, everybody who's getting minutes right now is going to be either demoted or completely off the roster next year. This is just kind of an anomaly season for them, which is funny because they spent so much damn money this offseason. What was it, like $600 million, right? It was crazy between the four contracts they brought, and it was up there. A lot, yeah. It was way and, up and there. Or, Orlando's team is pretty much set in stone outside yeah. of some other players that they may draft or you know that kind of stuff, but th- their roster is pretty much set. So, so It's funny you say that. because That's I'm, why I say... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that's why I say it, it is in, in essence, a, you know, a development, get the experience of a playoff atmosphere, especially against that number one seed and how, you know, stacked Milwaukee is. Um, so again, it's, it's the experience that they're, they're along for the ride right now. Yeah. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by hit parade. Have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet for a fraction of the price? Hit Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in all of sports. The basketball sports. Tom Brady just started training camp today. Full pads, 8 for 8 to start the year. Zion Williamson, Mike Trout, plenty more. Get your box today at Hit Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. Joining us now on the Hit Parade hotline, Scott Allen, let's flip to the Western Conference. What do you got there? Yeah, let's go with the Jazz and the Nuggets. Um, they, this is a good one. 
It is. And Vegas thinks so too. They, they think it's going to be pretty close here. Uh, Mike Conley is out of the bubble right now. He had to leave for some uh, personal I reasons. I didn't even hear that. Yeah. His, his son was born. Oh. So he, he's, he's not Selfish. there at the moment. Selfish. Uh, so it, it, this is a, these are two teams that have big guys. You got Gobert versus Jokic. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you, you have a, I think we're at a point where Donovan Mitchell is sort of like the Jason Tatum that you had just previously sure. said. This is Donovan Mitchell's time to really rise and take over. Um, and if the Nuggets have, they've had disappointments in the playoffs and people pick them, but they're always hesitant on picking them. Um, I, I think I believe I picked Utah at the beginning of the year for them to get to the finals. I still think they have a chance, but again, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to rise to the next level uh, to get by this uh, Denver team. It's really evenly stylistically matched up here. I mean, the, the Mitchell versus Jamal Murray situation, the Gobert versus Jokic situation, and then a couple of bench players. And each, each team has a pretty solid shooter in terms of, uh, of Ingles and Porter Jr. right now. There's a couple of shooters out there. I, this, could be, this should be seven. How could this not be seven, right? I mean, this is one of those series that you just want to keep watching because it's probably going to be back and forth, kind of like a knockout boxing fight. So, yeah, I... I'm not even sure I want to pick. I know you have to pick Utah. You have to. You took them in the finals before the season. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to pick Utah. Yeah, you got to take those jazz. All right, I'll swing Denver on this one if I'm putting my money down on that. A uh, couple more matchups here. What do you got? Uh, what do we got? Dallas and Los Angeles Clippers. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a slugfest too. And um, I mean, you've got Doncic and Porzingis. You've got George and Kawhi. Um, they... Dallas is not as deep. Dallas isn't getting Angeles. much of a chance from experts or Vegas. You agree no, with that? I do. Yeah. I think they may get a game, maybe two, but I, I, I think Los Angeles pulls it out. They're, they're deeper. Um, and they've got a little bit more experience than the Dallas team. Um, outside of Doncic, this team is not a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, he, he holds everybody up. So from a, from a picking point, I'm going to have to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it's not great with the money uh, because you're not going to win. No, much you're going to want to parlay that. Yeah, that's because obviously, yeah. uh, it, you know, if we're looking at the championship odds, Scott, the Clippers have now jumped ahead of the Lakers. Vegas now thinks the Clippers are, are the Western Conference favorites. So, yeah, I think everybody's kind of agreeing with your sentiment here. They're going to have a, diff, a difficult road, but... Portland's uh, eight seed <laughs> roadblock for the Lakers has really dropped them. Not to mention the Lakers offensive situation, but yeah, mm -hmm. this is the team. It's Milwaukee and, and the Clippers right now who Vegas basically says has a clear path to the finals. I, I'm a little more weary on the Clippers. I, I love the coach. I, I think Kawhi, you know, it's obviously Kawhi time. Man, this is just not Paul George's time of year. It's not. And if he's, it's not, if he's no. the second guy you're relying on, I mean, Lou Williams has had his share of, of bad press this, uh, this past <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, you know, there's some players on that team. They're a deep team for sure. They're a deep team. But I don't know how much I trust Paul George right now. So if that's the matchup, you know, if I'm, if I'm just saying top two players on a roster, I'd take LeBron and Anthony Davis over Kawhi and Paul George right now. 
if I'm just looking at it that simply. Yeah, I, I would. I would probably go that route too. Yeah. If you're just going two versus two. Mm-hmm. All right. What's next? Anything? Uh, we just got Lakers Blazers. I mean, we sort of talked about them a little bit, but um, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised the the odds is a little bit closer the way Portland has uh, is coming in after that playing game. Yeah, they're shot, um, right? They're shot. Yeah, and I saw you know the Lakers. It looks like they may get Rondo back. Um, looks like it's, he has gotten through his quarantine. They just don't know when he's going to be back with the team or not. But from from a depth standpoint, you know, the Lakers are the number one seed, but, you know. It's going to be LeBron and AD. Can, can, they just don't right. have that eighth, ninth and player. If, right. And I was going to say, if one of those players has an issue or gets injured, yeah. that team is decimated. Or even foul they trouble. Don't have <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, they're, they're going to need to have a Dwight Howard of old really come in and, and step up like he did in the middle of the season when uh, he was the focal point. You know, he, they were using him. He was putting up points. He was getting block shots. Um, so it, it, the team around LeBron and AD is really going to have to step up and LeBron's got to hope that J.R. Smith doesn't do a J.R. Oh, Jesus. Smith. <laughs> so <laughs> let me put it this way. But, let me let's just talk in terms of the numbers right now, because, you know, there's a West and an East. You're, you're talking about the Lakers. You're the number one seed against the eight seed Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are a minus 248. If we're looking at the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are a minus 958 against the Orlando Magic. That's a four times difference between conferences seeds right now. Conference number one seeds in each conference. The yep. the Lakers chance against Portland is basically the same chance the Boston Celtics have against the Philadelphia 76ers. That's what Vegas is saying. Those are those are similar matchups in terms of Vegas numbers. That ain't that ain't a good look for the Lakers. <laughs> Especially with everything you're talking oh, wow. about. Nobody can guard LeBron and the Portland Trailblazers. Car- Carmelo's not doing it. You can tell him to do it. He's not doing it. He hasn't done it his entire career. Um, they're tired. They've got to be gassed. They played a heck of a lot more basketball versus, you know, LeBron and AD have been rested now for a good week at least. I, everything's in their favor, but they just haven't shown enough. They're, are they just sleeping dogs right now? Is that what the Lakers have been? They didn't want to show their hand too much in those first eight games from a physical standpoint or even from a statistic or, a, you know, a, a scheming standpoint. Yeah, good good chance that that's been the case, especially if they want to play those other guys so that in the event that they need to play them more in these series. Um, but having that hot hand, we've, we've seen yeah. many series across many sports where you've got the hot hand. Uh, it, it, it could be detrimental to the Lakers. Look, and yeah, we've seen Dame got, do it himself. Yeah, well, we've seen Dame do it himself. McCollum is there. Mello is shooting. Mm-hmm. The, the Blazers have what they did not have last uh, po- uh, playoffs with uh, uh, Nurkic. Mm-hmm. And so they've got a big guy. They do have Whiteside who can also fill in. So you've got those two big guys against JaVale McGee and uh, Dwight Howard and AD. So you, you do have big against big for the most part. It, it's going to be a pace thing. 
You know, yeah. Portland yeah. with Dame and McCollum, they're going to push the floor. And h- how much can the Lakers keep up that pace? Sure. Sure. So it, it's going to be interesting. I think I think the edge goes to the Lakers. And um, I mean, if, uh, if I'm okay. thinking of like a three team parlay for you, Scott, just looking at how these numbers are laid out, you could take the Lakers at minus 240 and basically even them out with a Jazz over over Nuggets pick and a Pacers over Heat pick. Yeah. Or excuse me, or, or even a Houston over OKC pick. Which perfectly possible, you know, so which which one of those which two of those three do you, do you feel more confident in? But you could easily start to make money on a Lakers series win by just parlaying two very close series with it. That's how these yeah, numbers bear. Again, they're teasing us. They're dying for us to yeah. do something like that. They're dying for these three, fourteen parlays with some of these teaser lines. But most of it makes a lot of sense. I, I think the Lakers are unfairly priced here. I just do. I'm not betting against LeBron in the playoffs, especially now with the, with a, a player next to him of this caliber. He, I don't. Has he yeah, had this? That he's never had before. He's no, never had this. He's never, I mean, no. let's give him a little bit more credit than that. He's healthy. He's rested. I'm not betting against LeBron. Not in this series. We'll talk about it later, yeah, but tra- not in this series. He's transformed himself. He he had ten plus assists that he's never had before. Right. Uh, so he's well, got that a too, new Scott. To right. He, he can go to that game, or he can just go back and be LeBron. Whenever right. he wants, he's he's healthy and rested. He can go back and and be you know thirty fifteen if he needs to be. So I, I'm not betting against that. But again, I I would absolutely take the Lakers and then take two of those other series as a little quick parlay and try to take my chances on better team, better seated teams as underdogs right now, because that's what Vegas is doing for you right there. All right, good stuff there. Championship odds. Let's run. Let's run it down real quick. I, I mentioned it's Bucks Clippers at the top, barely. By the way, I mean the Lakers are are sitting right there. Um, really, there's really no debate to be had. I mean, if we get a Clippers Lakers Western Conference final, I imagine that's possible. I haven't looked at the brackets. Am I, am I speaking out yeah. of turn there? That's possible. Okay, that's possible. All yeah, because right. it's one versus two. Okay, yep. so look at that's what we're, that's what everybody's hoping for. That's what Vegas wants. Um, I don't think I'd touch any of those top three teams from a, from a, a line standpoint. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, your next three teams: Toronto, Houston, and Boston. You know they're over. They're over. A, they're plus a thousand plus, basically, for those three teams. Can any of those three teams get it done? Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, they can. I like right. Them as a dark horse. Yeah, I like them. They're going to be bet to high heaven. People, are. people are going to see that kind of number sitting there, and they are going to bet them down. <laughs> so, uh, get in on that one. Look, your Utah bet. If you think, if you believe, <laughs> I mean, plus forty nine hundred is that's big. That's big time bucks right there. Um, there's, there's nothing saying Utah can't make that run. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are talented enough players to make that kind of run. They just haven't shown they can do it. I would put a lot more stock in Denver before I put it in Utah right now because Denver has yeah, had that long point. run. You know? Yeah, at this point, I would too, even though I, at the beginning of the season I picked Utah. I, I, would, uh, I, I would make that switch to Denver. And, you know, I, I, it, Toronto's at plus 1,000, but I, I really like that team. Uh, the chemistry, they haven't really skipped a beat, even though they lost arguably one of the best players in the game right now. Sure. Uh, uh, I think the other, uh, the Miami Heat at plus, 
Yeah. Miami Heat plus three, uh, 3,000. I think that's another team that if you really want to go as a deep dark horse, I think that team, I know I had originally said that the Pacers, but if we're looking at championship odds, you know, plus 3,000 for Miami is not bad odds. I mean, Butler, we've seen him take over games and we've seen that chemistry. So I think that is a team that has the potential as well. Look, they're probably a year away. I think we both agree on that because the kids just mm-hmm. need some experience in this postseason, and it's not going to be a, a normal postseason by any regards. But the, the good thing about Miami is if, if you love them, you know, if you really love them, you're betting them here and you're betting Jimmy Butler to win MVPs because mm-hmm. if they're winning, it's because he's an absolute monster and he's going off. He's going to have to take that next step where those young kids won't be able to do that yet. So to me, yeah, if, and if you gonna love them, bet them, bet them all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, and they have to go through Milwaukee, so. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, that that's questionable. That's questionable. I mean, can can Milwaukee defend Jimmy Butler it, it, when it comes to postseason time? He's the main reason Philadelphia went as far as they did. We now well, know that is a fact. <laughs> as we've talked before, and a lot of people have said, Giannis, he hasn't played yeah. a full game. He only plays like 30 minutes a game and, you know, is he going to be able to play a full fledge uh, of minutes and take the beating? And, um, you know, we, we saw that some people can get under his the skin. Temper. Yes, the uh, temper. Headbutting. So that if Miami does meet up with that Milwaukee team, Jimmy Butler is not going to shy away from any of that. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Let's, do me a players, favor so. here. I know you've done some numbers. I know you played quite a bit, too. Give me three good value DFS options for this NBA postseason. Give me some sleepers. Um, I'll go with some big men. Jokic and Vucevic with Orlando. They're usually pretty good values. Uh, Embiid is usually really high. Yeah. A lot of people like to, a lot of people like to play him, but he's usually astronomical in in the monetary is value. Jokic that you have not? To give up. Is he generally better priced? Yeah, he is. He's usually about um, the like eight thousand seven hundred value. All right, so you can start your team around him. He's usually up in the ten thousand. Okay. So you've got a chance with with that. Um, Some others, you know, he's a he's a stud. He's gonna you're gonna have to pay money for him, but Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. His value for the production that he gives and the value that you're going to have to pay for, it just always works out in your favor. Even though a lot of people are going to try to pick him, he is a guy that you could potentially use for that value. Um, and then Kyle Lowry and, and Van Vliet, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they both play. They both put up points. Um, and it just depends on which one that night is going to go off. Yeah, I think that's probably then, it makes them a tougher start because they're going to cancel each other then, out a little bit here, right? Yeah, and then Siakam as well. I mean, any of the, any three of those guys, they get the points, but you know, if you pick the right one on the right night based on a matchup, you may you may make out really well. Uh, Lillard has just been a stud as well. And then if you're going like extreme value, uh, Jordan Clarkson with Utah, mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that you could probably, especially with uh, Conley, not going to be playing. And then... Um, SGA in uh, Josh Richardson with, you know, Simmons being out, Richardson's going to be able to step in. So those are a couple guys with some pretty good value 
uh, that you might be able to get. Well, let me let me take this side of it before we finish off here on the NBA stuff. If you're if you're looking to stack, meaning you're going to take a bunch of players from either a series or one team and, and kind of ride that out. Here's the two matchups that Vegas says have the highest over unders that basically say this, this is going to be the points matchups. You can probably guess. Do you want to try to guess, Scott? <laughs> mm. The one should be, the first one should be obvious. Houston. Okay. That's, Houston, Oklahoma City. That's actually the second on the list. Believe it or not, there is a matchup that they think is going to get more points. Portland Lakers. Portland Lakers is right there with Houston OKC, but the one that's actually first is Clippers Dallas. So Oh, really? So <laughs> look, Vegas loves Doncic, always has, and Vegas yeah, they do. Vegas knows what we know. It's Kawhi time. So, you're right. It's probably going to cost you over $10,000 from on a DFS lineup to start Kawhi, but start Kawhi and build your lineup around that, <laughs> right? Build your lineup around that. Take the lesser of the Toronto guards. You know, in terms of price, yeah, you really, you really got to watch your matchups because you have some teams that are are very big on defense, yeah. like Miami and Indiana. They play defense. There's not going to be a. They're not going to go up into the 125 points on an, on a, in game after game in a series. But Houston, Oklahoma City, they don't like playing defense at all. They're going to put up a lot of points, and we know so, Portland yeah. won't. So you know the Lakers <laughs> right. should should explode as well. So I completely understand those three series being identified. That's where I'd live. I'd start with those six teams right there in terms of starting my DFS teams because even if the you know you're not talking about wins and losses here, we're talking about points scored and, and fantasy points. It looks like those are going to be the offensive explosions. So all right, good stuff. Let's switch gears real quick, Scott. It's another solid golf week. PGA had another successful tournament. You know, we we had a, a successful major last year, and obviously, you know, what's it been? Two months now, almost three months of golf. My goodness, they've really done a yeah, nice job. Yeah, if, if you count those, uh, the matches, uh, yeah, four-person four matches, yeah. All right, let's talk some money. We do track the the, the PGA money on Spot Track. Uh, that's kind of your job every Monday morning to kind of input the the information from the PGA. Where, where do we stand now? Who, who's leading the the charge in terms of finances with uh, the 2020 season? Who do you see could break into this top five? Uh, just kind of lay out some names here. So Justin Thomas is at the top right now, seven point two five million. And I was I was curious. I wanted to see who are the highest earners and how much do they usually get to across each of the last few seasons. And um, it, it typically gets into the nine million range. So he's about two million away from getting into that nine million range. And he actually has been the top earner in. Uh, two of the last three seasons, uh, 2019 Brooks Kepka, and then Justin Thomas was tops in 2018 and 17. And then Dustin Johnson was in 2016. But right now, Justin Thomas is at the top. And then uh, that's followed up by Colin Morikawa. Uh, at we know why. 5.1. <laughs> yeah. That, that win plus another one that was over a million dollars. So that's where he, he pushed up. And then you got uh, Bryson DeChambeau, just under $5 million right now. Webb Simpson at 4.8. And uh, Sung J.M. at mm-hmm. $4.3 million. So DeChambeau's the one to look at because I know he's the more polarizing figure here. Th- Thomas, just he's just consistent as heck. I mean, he's got nine top tens, three wins in 2020. I mean, the numbers just kind of bear out. He's You mentioned it, two out of three years, he's a top earner. He's consistent as all. He's one of those players that you can just rely on. He's he's probably a PGA DFS. He's probably the top ranked every week, if I had to guess, because of the consistent top tens. 
Mm-hmm. Morikawa wins the, wins the major. Of course, that matters the most. Uh, you know, DeChambeau doesn't have that gigantic win yet. He's got one win on the tour this year. Uh, you know, he does have nine top 10, so I guess he's as consistent as Thomas from this, this standpoint. Is he going to finish one off strong here? I mean, the Masters doesn't seem to be his kind of course. The Masters is more of a finesse and experience course. So I put him mm-hmm. out of that conversation. There's no British Open. I would have put him in that conversation. That's a wide yeah. open, get the ball down, you know, get cut through the wind kind of course, generally speaking, wherever it's played. So I'm just not sure there's a decent second half of the season here for DeChambeau to kind of stay up in, t- in terms of the high winnings. Where is Kepka? Where in God's name is Brooks Kepper? I've been scrolling down our site <laughs> forever here. I mean, has he just been an afterthought? Is he kind of all, all talk and no walk here in 2020? He's uh, 73rd, 1.1 million. What in the world? Looks like he he only has had 13 uh, events. Well, that's his, so that's he, his thing. He, he only yeah. cares about and plays majors. He, he tries to take as many of those smaller events off as possible. So I guess... You know, he's not going to accumulate unless he wins those majors or even places in those majors. He certainly didn't have the yeah, PGA it, championship we expect him to have. So I guess these uh, these upcoming majors are going to be his entire season. Yeah, but I guess uh, on the flip side, Bryson's only played 14. So and he's made almost five million here. So I, I going back to your question. Yeah, I think Bryson has to do with all the conversation that, uh, you know, him transforming himself and um, he. He's been in there. He really needs to get a large win yeah. uh, to to really solidify that what he has done. Yeah, SI cover meaningful. type win. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. By the way, Rory's sitting there sixth and polarizing Patrick Reed sitting there seventh right now. So, you know, if you can get those guys into the conversation heading into like up the postseason and some of these bigger majors, that's good for golf for sure. Because, uh, you know, you want your big names to be, to be up there. Johnson's sitting in the top 15. Um, you know, but there's some big names sitting way down the list right now without a win. It's just, you know, it's kind of life in the fast lane right now. There's a lot of kids. It's a good crop of young kids playing PGA golf right now. And it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, you're not, you're not seeing one player pull away with every single tournament. That's for sure. So good for them. They're, they're, they're keeping the train on the tracks here in terms of the COVID situation. And some of these players have really broken out. Morikawa being the, the biggest one, of course. All right. What else? Anything else to finish off here before we wrap it up? No, I think that's about it. Do you hate your basketball uh, pick? <laughs> My Utah pick? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm not a fan of it, but it is what I picked in the beginning. Um, did you I, think Did you I, think in October when you picked the Utah Jazz that the Utah Jazz would be the reason that all of sports shut down in March? <laughs> not at all. No? Not at all. You didn't I have, what the odds you didn't have good eyes on that one, right? <laughs> all right. Good stuff. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your first year subscription. Visit dynastyorder.com. Download the app. Get yourself into a dynasty football league. They're using real contracts, real salaries for your fantasy football experience. And my thanks to Hit Parade. Get yourself a mystery memorabilia box. Huge names. Great autographed memorabilia for your man cave or your woman man cave. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. Visit dacardworld.com. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. 